We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. No Jack Manuel tonight, but we have special guest, Nolan Jensen, site manager for Nets Republic, legendary Canadian. Nolan, how are we doing? <laughs> uh, you know, Nolan Jensen, the human being, he's doing he's doing okay. Nolan Jensen, the Nets fans. I mean, Nets fan, I should say, sorry. I've seen better days. You know? Yeah, it was definitely disappointing. Kind of almost expected. I'll give Jack some credit. He was in my DMs today, and he said he was like a little, little worried about one of these games. He was just like just seems like one of these games are going to drop, and that was the case tonight. We're going to dive deep into that. As always, you can find us on all streaming platforms, including otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. But obviously, Nets couldn't pull out the win. They almost had the comeback at the end, but Charlotte held on 106-104. Nolan, initial reaction to the game? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> like, these games are going to happen, you know. Yep. We were eventually going to um, give a game up to a subpar opponent, and that obviously it didn't want to happen this early, but – Nonetheless, it happened. I think, if anything, this could be a, yeah, a good thing for this team. I mean, an example of such things happening is the Warriors, the 73-9 Warriors. I mean, remember the Nets in that season gave them all that they could handle. And it's 
it's it's the NBA, right? I mean, the, the Charlotte Hornets. There's a lot of talent on that team. PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, Terry was here, went for 42 the other night. Lamelo yeah. Ball, he could be you know quite the player himself too. So it's like they have some depth, they have some nice pieces, and the Nets were complacent. They were a little lazy, lethargic, lackadaisical, whatever you want to say. And by the time they ultimately realized, hey, we could you know give this game up once it was a 16 point lead in the fourth quarter, and they started playing, you know to their capabilities. It was a little too little, little too late. Yeah, I agree. And I think the one thing, too, is you mentioned it. This Charlotte team isn't going to be a great team this year, but there is talent, there is youth. And when you let a team like that get confidence, like they get that 16-point lead, Terry Rozier throws down a dunk on Kevin Durant, you know, P.J. Washington's having success, Miles Bridges starting to hit some step-back threes. Now, all of a sudden, it takes that extra bit of energy where if you kept the game maybe even a little bit closer or didn't allow them to get in rhythm, you might be able to complete that comeback. And, I mean, they really did have a good chance. Kevin Durant hits that shot probably 9 out of 10 times. But like you said energy level from the start and it just didn't feel great and then the team missing what felt like a million threes in the first quarter just kind of set the tone for like all right it's going to be one of those nights and I was hoping you know maybe Karis LeVert Jared Allen come in and bring some energy with some oops but give Charlotte some credit too defensively I thought they did a solid job in eliminating a lot of those roles because I want to say between DeAndre and Jared Allen they had like four field goal attempts so like you know, they did do a good job, but also the Nets settled for a ton of threes in this game. And I get it. Like, that's the offense. Mike D'Antoni's on that coaching staff. That's something they're going to do. But at certain points, it's like, Bismack Biombo is not Rudy Gobert. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, one of my uh, other immediate takeaways, I think at some point we need to stagger Katie Kyrie's minutes, yeah. especially if the offense is going to stagnate this brutally. I mean, at some point, we're going to need Kyrie or Katie with the second unit. And the second unit, man, they just did not have it tonight at all outside of Jared Allen and, you know, obviously TLC in the fourth quarter. Like, I don't think this was a bad Karis Levert game, but he had his struggles. Landry yeah. Shannon, who I like, I like that he's aggressive and looking for a shot. Man, at some point, you got to hit something. I mean, mm-hmm. he is – I don't know what he's shooting at at this point. Torian Prince, I just put out a tweet. I like Torian Prince. I want Torian Prince to be – I want him to flourish on this roster. I like what he is. I like the idea of Torian Prince. But dating back to last season, Nick, and this is not this is not a flattering statistic. <laughs> His last nine games, he's sixteen of seventy. Oh God, that, that is just tough. <laughs> and let's be honest, like all the shots of this year have been pretty much wide open looks. Like Clean looks. Every three tonight, it was wide open, and they even had nice form. It just I don't know what's really going on with him. But like you kind of hinted at, TLC came in. And he provided a spark. Like, there's a chance maybe he's going to steal minutes from those guys. We could probably talk about that a little bit later. And with the second unit, it's just like so Karis LeVert dependent. And I didn't think Karis was bad. I didn't think he was great. Like you said, it was kind of in between. I like the active hands on defense. I think that's something that we've seen the last three games that he needs to continue. But it's also like, hey, if Karis LeVert doesn't have it going, like, where's the offense coming from from the second unit? Like, no one can really create for themselves. And you mentioned possibly staggering Kyrie and KD. Or maybe it's even getting Spencer more time to that second unit. Obviously, we saw him go down with that knee strain tonight. Hopefully, everything's okay with that. But it's just a little bit too Levert-dependent. And he's not Kevin Durant. He's not Kyrie Irving. He's a good player. But that's a drastic change. No, I know. I, I completely agree. I, we're going to need a secondary ball handler in that unit. Karis Levert, he's great. Um, he's improved drastically as a player over the years. Um, I mean, he could be a six-man-of-the-year candidate this year quite easily. But it is asking a lot of him to single-handedly command that second unit, especially throughout a 72-game series, which 72-game season, I should say, which is going to be condensed. There's going to be plenty of back-to-backs. He's going to need some assistance. And if that's staggering KD and Kyrie's minutes, 
if that's putting Dinwiddie, you know, um, with the second unit more than he is right now. I think Nash and D'Antoni, I mean, it's three games in. Um, I wasn't expecting Nash to come out and immediately be a coach of the year candidate in his first opening games. <laughs> like, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to adjust. He's doing it all on the fly, and I think he's going to make the requisite decisions, uh, requisite right choices, I should say. But right now, I, I think there is adjustments that need to be made. Yeah, and I think also, like, Karis LeVert probably wouldn't look as bad if Landry Shaman and Torian Prince could hit their wide-open threes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was, I saw somebody say, like, oh, this was such a piss-poor game from Karis. And I'm like, yeah, it wasn't a great game, but, like, he honestly could have had 10 assists if they hit half no, of their yeah. wide-open threes. So it's just like it, – and it, when that doesn't happen, then it's like, why am I respecting Torian Prince? And I think Matt Brooks put this out on Twitter. Like, they were just starting to sag off him. They were just like, you're a you know, career 30-plus th- uh, three-point uh, shooter, but we don't really care because you haven't hit shots on what you said, Nolan, in what, the last 90 attempts. So it's just like, come on, man. I don't know. It's tough. And then we saw Jeff Green go down with that elbow to the face. Yeah. That was pretty rough. Didn't come back in the game. Would you like to see TLC get more minutes in the the next game, or is it kind of too rash? I don't think it's too rash. I mean, hey, right, this is this is the year that the Nets are officially contenders. If if you're not bringing it, like you can, you know, you can bring the hustle, you can bring the infectious passion, and like Landry Shem is not taking plays off defensively, but you can't go 0 for nine. I think it was. Yep. On the field, it was 0 for yeah. nine and 0 for eight and three. And if TLC is going to go three of three from distance in the fourth quarter, he's going to get your minutes. It's always going to be like the next man up. I mean, that's been the Nets mantra in the past. I think it's still going to be this season with the complementary pieces. So giving TLC right now kind of more of Landry Shaman's, Shaman's, I should say, um, minutes, I don't think that's some rash decision. I don't think that's irrational. If anything, I'd like to see it implemented next game. Yeah, I like the way that he also defended some of the bigs too. Like he yeah. doesn't really take shit. Where Landry Shamit just has a little bit of uh, physical measurements that just aren't allow aren't going to allow him to defend PJ Washington or Miles Bridges. Where TLC isn't a huge guy, but he has more length. And the fact he had to play power forward in the bubble for <laughs> that entire two month stretch, I think really helped him. So, but I guess let's talk about the starters. Uh, let's talk about your boy Joe Harris. Not necessarily Ooh. one of his best games, but you know he did turn it around in terms of three-point shooting. I want to say he started like 0-4 or 0-3, got yeah. into rhythm, but I also felt like Charlotte was attacking him a little bit on the other end of the floor. I think, man, Charlotte was really baiting him um, to put the ball on the floor and try to create something. Like He didn't really have too many dribble drives. What he had this game was dribbling around you know, the perimeter looking for a bailout in the form of Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving and a handoff. He kind of looked lost in a lot of possessions. Yep. And I'm the biggest Joe Harris fan uh, alongside, obviously, your co-host, Jack Manuel. But, like, this was not a good Joe Harris game. And on the other end of the floor, you can see, like, the Hornets were kind of attacking him. Like, P.J. Washington took it to his chest a few times, finished quite easily. Um, like, this Joe Harris is going to have to be better. He's going to have to figure out how to kind of, you know, be malleable when teams are playing him certain ways. Um, I like that he pulled a couple minis, I believe, this game. I don't think either of them fell, but I like that he's, you know, trying to be versatile in his shot selection. But this this Joe Harris game was not phenomenal. And speaking of starters, um, I'm kind of beating it like a drum on Twitter. I'm going to throw it on your pod as well, man. I don't think DeAndre Jordan should be starting. That's my hot take. Yeah, and I don't think it's a hot take. I would almost call it. <laughs> just, I yeah, <laughs> it's something that I think we've thought we've mentioned almost the entire summer. We saw it in the bubble, the improvements Jared Allen had, and I was even holding out hope before preseason. I was like, Steve Nash, please, please give us Jared Allen a little bit more. But like you said, DeAndre, you know, not only does he not have the athleticism of Jared Allen, but I felt like he was out of position a lot tonight. 
it's almost like I, I never want to question a player's drive, mm-hmm. but right now, man, like you can see, he is complacent defensively in a lot of ways. Like like last year, I made a joke like multiple times that he kind of plays with six inch Tims on and, yep. and quite a bit. And like I'm already kind of seeing that this year, whereas like Jared Allen, man, he is. This is full blown contract year, JA. Like he is yeah. all over the place. He's crashing defensive glass. He's uh, protecting the rim. He's been looking like fantastic. And he, and the funny thing is, over three games, like he's played more minutes than DeAndre Jordan. So I think the next logical step is, hey, I know he got to finish this game, but I was also would like to see him start with uh, Katie Kyrie and the rest of the starters because DJ man. Like I don't have much faith in you to begin with, but it is it is deteriorating quickly. Yeah, no, I agree. The Tim's joke is like a real thing again. We hope that it kind of faded away because he did improve towards the middle of last season. But then the guy we're seeing now, like he has no recovery speed. Like if someone gets past him, they're getting an easy layup or whatever it might be. He just doesn't have that shiftiness. And like you said, Jared Allen is literally the polar opposite. Like this guy is quick. He's out there. He's switching on the perimeter, defending Devontae Graham, who's one of the shiftiest guards in the league. So like, and DeAndre is supposed to be more of the physical presence, and Jared Allen was more physical tonight. Like yeah. the offensive rebounds, body in the paint, you wanted to fight Terry Rozier. DJ didn't see any of that from him at all. So it's just like, you know, and uh, I think we saw Kevin Durant after the game kind of praise Jared Allen on the play he has, you know, been playing these first three games and how he's improving every day. And I'd probably say that Jared Allen's been the third best net three games in. I don't think that's an irrational take. Like he's playing in his element. He's doing everything that the Nets – are going to you know require of him and and then more like we're we're, we're kind of seeing last year's november jared allen in, in the yep. bubble jared allen and it's his perfect timing because we need his you know the best version of himself if we're going to be you know genuine contenders or to help us you know take that next step and he's doing that and with deandre jordan man like i i <laughs> i understand like why he's starting i understand his role within the team and he had a, you're right he had a great second half a lot of his advanced metrics look look great, but I, I I think I would put a little pressure on him to kind of mm-hmm. up the game by giving Jared Allen the start. Yeah, I agree. Or if you don't want to, you know, pull the plug on him being a starter, if he makes a mistake, just pull him early. You know what I mean? Like if he comes out and there's a couple times where I could see Nash getting upset because they didn't want to play drop coverage on Devontae Graham on certain plays. And you see DeAndre still has his Tims in the paint. <laughs> it's, like, it's like come on man like you know what we're doing here like i know it's the charlotte hornets and we just beat you know the celtics and the warriors but this is a game you still want to build those championship habits and i feel like at some point kevin durant probably has to get annoyed like i know that they're friends but like katie's kind of preached like we need championship habits and he even criticized himself tonight not rebounding enough and i felt like that was an issue too you know 2020 has reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be more efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there's no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching with Candidate instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only site that moves as fast as you do. 
Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win the season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today, take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Charlotte really attacked the Nets on the offensive board. Some of that was too, I want to say, Nolan, tell me if you agree with this. Since the Nets switched so much, they end up with getting mismatches on the on the boards. So now you have Kyrie Irving trying to box out P.J. Washington or Joe Harris or something, and then all of a sudden that's just a matchup you're not going to win. So you need that team rebounding, and we didn't see that tonight. No, um, like I, I kind of um, put it in the same terms of you remember the first two times the Warriors and the Doves met in the finals. Like Tristan Thompson was an absolute force, yep. and that was due to the fact that the Warriors were switching literally everything. So – you can be undermanned down low. And I think that's what's happening um, thus far this season with the Nets. I mean, the points in the paint uh, differential was like, was glaring, man. The Hornets said 64, 64 to 26, 64 to 26. Like that, that, that can't happen. And um, I think I was Bobby Marks who put it out on Twitter that, Hey, this could be a, um, this could be a trend within the, the Nets. This is the way of beating them. This is the way of stopping them is to, you know, get big, get physical, kind of bully them around down low. And that's where we're going to need, like, someone like DeAndre Jordan, who's supposed yep. to be this, you know, physical presence to step up. Because you're right, thus far, Jared Allen, like, it, it's been, you know, uh, detractors of Jared Allen will say his physicality is what's limiting him. But thus far, like, he's been more physical than DeAndre Jordan. And we need that physicality down low. We can't lose the point differential by 38 points. Yeah, exactly. And DJ just needs to, like, just play hard. Like, it's just the effort thing. Like, you're not seeing him just body into guys. Like, I'd be okay if he got a couple loose ball fouls just to show that he cares. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? And then, like, we mentioned the points in the paint, second chance points. You know, Charlotte had 17. The Nets only had seven. It's just this type of stuff where you need to be better. And I think also some of the problem, too, was, like, we mentioned the switching. I think they were switching a little bit too easy on the perimeter because Charlotte does have some of these bigger wings in a P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges that can take advantage of a Joe Harris, a Kyrie Irving, a Spencer Dinwiddie, even probably a Karis LeVert, where like in the other matchups, like as good as Jason Tatum is and as good as Jalen Brown is, they're not like physically imposing athletes. You know what I mean? Like they're skill-based games and, you know, some of these wing players can hold their own. But when you have a guy like P.J. Washington who who can move Jared Allen, like he's going to move Joe Harris. Yeah, and he did. He did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Gordon Hayward did that too. Gordon Hayward got to his boss and did that little like one-legged fade away from 17 feet out like multiple times. Like he had a game, and I, I would have liked to see KD thrown at him. Yep. Um, defensively, because he was kind of getting to whatever spot he wanted to, and by the time we made like any form of adjustments in the last six and a half minutes, it was too late. We were already down 16. Um, I think that like my annoyingly optimistic Canadian take is that <laughs> hey, we saw that the Nets can kind of um. 
turn the heat up. Yeah, they can really turn the heat up fast, man. Like that lead evaporated in mere minutes. Um, ultimately, they lost, and that's all that matters. When we look back at this game, we're going to see an L and the uh, and the uh, what should have been the win column. So that sucks, but it, it was nice to see that they can kind of flip the script and 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 really turn up the heat. Um, when needed, because they they did do that, and they were locked in defensively in those last six and six and change. But again, too late. Yeah, so. and two probably two plays away from winning the game. You know yeah. what I mean? It's simply that. Like they obviously KD had that attempt to possibly tie it, but if they make a couple plays early in the game, especially transition, we didn't even touch on transition defense, which I thought was just kind of pitiful. Like it's just something that you can't have, and that's something you can control as a team. And there was just too many times where Terry Rozier, Lamelo Ball, whoever it was, they would just kind of leak out and start the transition, and it would be a mismatch for the Nets. Or you know, Kyrie was great offensively, but he was trailing way too much in this game. There just was a lot of possessions where it was four on five because he either fell on the layup attempt or just got out of the play and now everyone's kind of over rotating yeah like you said we need to build those championship habits and getting you know punched in the face in the pain and, or allowing too many easy transition buckets that's just an effort thing like yep. that that's getting back in defense that's picking up your man that's scheme based stuff that's stuff that we can obviously fix and i don't think anyone's genuinely concerned but we also have to you know, provide takeaways to what we saw against the Charlotte Hornets. And effort was lackadaisical for at least the first 42 minutes or 41 and a half minutes. Yep. Um, that that can't happen. And it, it, it was early, obviously, in the season. And it's not really a genuine concern for anybody. But, like, we're going to have to be – Better. Yeah, we're doing game recap, so we got to analyze what we have. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, I saw, like, I'm like half hour into the podcast, really like, oh my goodness, I sound like I'm overreacting to a loss more than I was overreacting to two victories. But like, this is what I saw today. I don't know what you want from yeah. me. It wasn't fantastic. Yeah, no, that's what it is. I mean, we just have to react to what we see every game. Obviously, like you said, the things that you can control are almost positive in the sense like, hey, this is something that easily can be fixed by just showcasing more energy. But I guess let's talk about Kyrie and KD a little bit. Kevin Durant, most efficient game as a net, 29 points, 9 of 15, 5 of 7 from 3, 6 of 9 from the free throw line, yeah. only 3 rebounds and 4 assists. So I think obviously he wants to improve in that rebounding department, but the scoring was beautiful, Nolan. It was fantastic. I honestly, <laughs> I want to see more shots, though. Like, I, Yeah, 15 ain't enough. I know. I don't think 15 is enough. Like This is the type of game where, Katie, you got it going on. Our offense, man, it is not looking that fantastic. I need like 18 to 24 shots from you. Like, yep. I need you to just go ahead and take over because you're Kevin Durant. You're one of the best, you know, three players in the world. Go out and do your thing and carry us to the promised land because it was super efficient. It was. It was fantastic. He played organically within the flow of the offense. It's not like he was taking away possessions from anybody, but anybody else. But I, at the same time, I would have liked him to take possessions away from other people. Yep. Like, I feel like we didn't out. see a ton of uh, KD pick and roll this game. I feel like that's something we saw a little bit more, just him coming off screens and having the ball at the top of the key, where it was like you said, he kind of played more organically in the offense and just kind of got open shots from other guys instead mm -hmm. of being like, hey, I'm Kevin Durant. They did try to get him a lot of post-ups, and the way Charlotte was playing it ended up getting open threes, and those open threes just ended up being missed. But still, like, this is the type of game, like you said, Nolan. Hey, KD, if you want to pull up in front of Bismack Biombo five times at the top of the key, do you. Yeah, man, you have my blessing. Um, yeah. It's unfortunate, like, if Landry Shaman just went, like, three of nine, you know? Yeah. If Torian Prince... Well, I guess, technically, if he just made one three, they win. I, I, that's the thing, right? Like... I, we can, you know, we can almost, like, beat this dead horse that it was an effort thing. But at the same time, like, they just missed open shots. 
Yeah. Uh, I thought the offensive execution in terms of the shots they created was fine. I felt like maybe in the second half they could have tried to go to the rim just given they were cold, but you have your offensive principles and you you don't believe you're going to shoot this bad from three, especially the way they shot the first two games. No, I was actually kind of shocked to see that they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn, especially Landry Scheimer, who's a career 40% shooter. I think like I, I'm still confident in him. I think he's going to be able to turn this thing around. Um, just like the Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan thing, it looks like it's an arms race between TLC and, and Shamit for those minutes, and I think that's going to be good for both of those players. Yeah, I wouldn't even be surprised if TLC was able to steal some of Prince's minutes too. Oh, man. I, just... <laughs> I, I think it's he... like almost a trio thing between those guys of like yeah. who the two of the three that play the, be- the best are going to be out there, and then the other one's going to have to earn those minutes back later in the season. And like we said, TLC, not only was he hitting his shots, but the defense was there. Yeah, if he's not fouling, we obviously know he's been yeah. over in the past. If 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 he's showing restraint and he's bought in, like he he's a nice little complimentary um, piece. And like you said, like yeah, I think it could be you know a three way waste between those guys because it's a blessing and a curse being a plug and play type with high yep. youth stars like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Whereas like if you go cold, the next guy is going to come in. But man, like you're going to benefit from those two stars as gravity. A hundred percent. Now, any concern with Spencer Dinwiddie? Obviously, we know it's a knee strain. They didn't really give us more details. I couldn't really tell if there was contact or non-contact. What did you think of the injury? Man, it's I couldn't really tell either, to be honest with you. Um, it was weird because it kind of almost looked like Biombo hit his knee, but at the same time, it looked like maybe he just misplanted. Which is honestly more scary. I'd yep. rather hope that there was contact with Biombo. Like, those non-contact leg injuries, man, they are terrifying. But, like, this guy's been getting banged up the first three games. He had yeah. this, it looked like the shoulder came out of socket against the Celtics on Christmas, and then all of a sudden yeah. back in. So, uh, this guy is, he's he's a, he's a tough cat. Like, he's a warrior. Um, ultimately, I'm not a doctor, so I don't really know <laughs> what happened. I can't provide you a timeline as to when he's going to uh, be back. I hope it's as soon as possible. But outside of that, like... From like a fit perspective, um, Dinwiddie he's still he's still struggling to get acclimated with this roster. Like there there was a, a couple plays where he pushed out in transition and finished at the rack. But I'm like hey, the downhill Dinwiddie man, like this is what we need from you. Uh, it's it's his shot selection hasn't been terrible. I don't think with the starters. Like I'm not seeing too many sidestep step back going to his left threes that were just a signature last year. And I, I believe he shot. I want to say minus like 0.5% in those attempts last season because they were just, it felt like they never dropped. We're not seeing those this year, but we're also not like seeing. We're not seeing many shots. Yeah, we're not seeing any shots. That's the thing. Like you can be the Draymond Green jail guy, but like, man, I don't want you to also have Draymond Green's field goal attempt numbers per game. Like I need you to be a little more aggressive. You have to understand that you can't allow the opponent to uh, hide their worser or their lesser uh perimeter defender on you you need to go take advantage you're six foot six six foot seven these tremendous length and you can you can drive like you can go downhill go north south and get to the rack like we need more of that from you yeah i 100 percent agree and i felt like this was almost a game where it could have happened in the second half where they're like all right you know we're kind of struggling spence maybe we'll put you a little bit more of the second unit give you some time to cook because like if let's hypothetically say Kyrie and Katie didn't play in this game and Spence was starting, like this is a game we probably would have saw him drop 27 and eight last year. You know what I mean? Like he's just, he's having a hard time. Like you mentioned, finding that fit and finding that rhythm. It's just kind of like a lot of hesitation from the passing to the shooting, whatever it might be. It's just like play your game. I know it's hard. It's easier for us to say, because yeah. he does have the biggest adjustment on the team, but I think over time 
it should gradually work. At least I'm hoping it does. No, and I, I would fully agree with you, Nick. Now, with Jeff Green, we saw him take the elbow to the face. Kind of interesting game for Jeff Green, though. 12 minutes and zero shots. Doing out there. I wanted to say just out there doing cardio, but disrespectful. Um, you know, two assists, but that's the only stat hey, he, he accumulated. The playmaking's out there. Um, the Jeff Green experience—it's going to have its highs and lows. Um, if you, yeah, I, I, if you paid attention to his career, that's just just kind of the player he is. Thus far, the Jeff Green experience at the five has been been rocky. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I'd like to see a larger sample size of it. I don't think we, we haven't really seen any Katie at the five yet, have we? No, not really. Just Jeff Green. I know a lot of people are hoping we'd see it tonight, but no Katie at the five. I felt like this would be a good game because uh, PJ Washington is physical, but Katie has plenty of length to deal with him. And like you said, those Jeff Green at center minutes have been rough, obviously, extremely soft sample size, but there's essentially been no paint defense and no rebounding. No, and <clears throat> yeah, I think they started abusing the paint once Jeff Green got in there, yep. if I remember correctly. Like, it wasn't fantastic with that 4-5 combo. Um, again, still very early. I like to see more of it. I like to see more Nash D'Antoni going five out. Um, I Like you said, I think this was a, a, a good matchup for the Nets to try the KD at the five experiment. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition. Um, but even and, and like, like we just said earlier in the podcast, man, I just want to see – more like versatility with the KD Kyrie like lineup combination. Yep. Like, I want to see KD with the second unit with Karis, Shamit, TP, all of them. Just just because like when when that combination starts stagnating, like we need just somebody that's an instant bucket, and like we, we just did not have that tonight at all. Yeah, and I felt like this tonight. I wanted to kind of see some of those weird lineup combos. You know what I mean? Like I think from the start after that first quarter, a uh, first quarter, Nash probably had the feel that like, hey. This, we just don't have the juice tonight, or maybe we don't have the effort level. Let's try to get funky and try something fun. You know what I mean? And see what we do out there. Maybe it's – I don't know. Have we seen any Joe Harris and Landry Shamit minutes? Man, I don't think we have. Yeah, I, think I don't think we have at all. Or TP, TLC, Shamit. I don't think I've seen Shamit or Joe yet. It's like, man, that can really open up the floor. Yeah. Especially that off-ball movement from both guys because yeah. both guys are really good at moving off-ball, relocating, whatever it might be. I feel like that's something that you can kind of mess with. Or even – we haven't really seen much of the – obviously, Spencer got injured tonight. But even the Spencer, Karis Levert, KD, Kyrie lineup, you know what I mean, that we kind of – or in throwing Joe Harrison there. So I think Nash maybe getting a little bit more creative. And it's three games in. I'm not criticizing him. But I felt like there was some learning moments from tonight. Especially I felt like a couple of those timeouts on those runs maybe could have came a couple minutes earlier. And, you know, just feel free to get weird, man. You know, like yeah. we have a really deep roster. I mean, first team in NBA history to play 15 players. And I think they did that against the Celtics as well. Yep. Feel free to, like, mix it up a little bit. I'd, I, I would love to see um, some different combinations. Some of those spark guys, like even, uh, I mean, like maybe Bruce Brown, maybe Tyler Johnson. I don't know. Just somebody kind of change things up or, like we said, different lineup combos. But, Nolan, any other notes or players or anything about the coaching staff you want to throw out there? Um. I would like to see a little – you just brought him up. I honestly would like to see a little Tyler Johnson out there with Karis Levert in the second unit just as a secondary creator. Yeah. Uh, kind, of, kind of surprised that we haven't yet. Like, he was pretty good in the bubble, if I remember correctly. He's he's fluid. I always like lefties. Like, I have a soft spot for lefties, and, and he, he kind of fits, obviously, that profile as a southpaw. But like, yeah, I He fits the profile of the energy guy. Like, he'd come in yeah. and probably take a charge, get his teeth knocked out, whatever it might be. I know he got him replaced this summer. Yeah, like we got two energy guys with him and Bruce Brown. Like, hey, don't feel free to you know throw them in if we're 
feel like we almost have nothing, you know, better to do or nothing to lose. And it, it was there was there was some minutes in the second unit where it's just like, hey, literally they're not hitting any shots. <laughs> no, they're not hitting anything. Like this is really bad. Like feel free to throw in like Bruce Brown and see if you can go like disrupt something. Maybe getting Gordon Hayward's grill once he got yeah. something. So. Especially yeah. also because we've kind of talk, talked about it early on is like there is talent on the Charlotte team, especially in that ba- backcourt with Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball obviously hasn't been great, but has, you know, he did hit a couple deep threes in this game. I was like, bro, you hit like one three so far in your first two games and now you're going to try to light up the nets. Like, come on. <laughs> but uh, what do you, anything, any takes about, you know, the next game coming up against Memphis? Do you expect to see Katie and Kyrie tomorrow? Oh, man, that's so tough because 36 minutes for each of them. Jeez, oh, man. Uh, like as a fan, I, I obviously I feel inclined to say yes, but looking at the you know the bigger picture, I would f- completely understand. I'd be okay with Katie sitting. I will say this though: if we lose to Memphis, be prepared. To be on Twitter and the world's on fire and everything's terrible. And why did we do this? And we should have signed Tobias Harris and matched him with Dila. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where we're at i mean i had my guy d rock tell me that we need to start reggie perry so <laughs> we're already three games in and that's what's happening but uh i agree i think uh, i would at least rest kevin durant where Kyrie, i understand that they don't rest him maybe give him less minutes but like he's not as a concern in terms of his injury and re-injuring it or he doesn't need the rest where kevin durant's coming off a torn achilles he's looked amazing but you still want to be precautious with that it'll be interesting on the Dinwiddie front if I had a guess, the Nets are ultra conservative. I don't really expect them to play tomorrow. Both of them or just KD? Uh, just, uh, I definitely don't think Spencer will play. And if it was up to yeah. me, I wouldn't play KD. Ooh. Yeah, no, I I'd, I'd actually would agree with you. I still think it's a game that they can win. I think this team, yeah. there's and, enough talent. And Memphis hasn't looked great. Ja has looked amazing. But the rest of the team, you know, this would be a great time for Karis Levert to kind of have one of his star games and be like, all right, or maybe even get him some minutes, more minutes with Kyrie Irving out there. Because I think, you know, their on-off number or their numbers together in terms of plus-minus last year weren't great, but you do occasionally see some synergy. Like there was a play tonight where Karis drove to the rim, dropped it off for Kyrie to get the easy layup. Like maybe yep. that's something we can see moving forward. And, you know, attack the rim. The shots aren't falling. You know, stop just shooting. We don't need to shoot 53s. You know, if 40s enough, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we do have some really good drivers on this team. And like we said, they're, Bismack Biyombo wasn't Rudy Gobert. Memphis doesn't have Jaron Jackson yet, I don't think. So Jonas Valanciunas is not going to be blocking shots left and right. No, yeah, yeah. I think there's there's no there's no reason to treat Valanciunas like he's a 94 Hakeem Olajuwon. <laughs> Feel free to attack. And hey, like like you said, this could be the you know the uh, the remnants of the bubble nets is time to sh- to shine to get their swagger back. So I, I'm still hopeful. I I think they can take this game. I'd like to see a little Tyler Johnson minutes, maybe some Bruce Brown, maybe it's a big TLC game. Like this could be big for the Nets if they treat it accordingly moving forward. Yeah, I feel like it would be a positive if, you know, the stars don't play and then some of these other guys have a bigger role. Now they can kind of find some of the rhythm because it is hard playing off star players sometimes because your touches are limited and you're more of a secondary option instead of the initiator. Yeah, fully agree. But Nolan, anything else before we get out of here? Um, that's, that's it for me. Um, I'm obviously over at Nest Republic. Um, we got a bunch of articles coming out. We have a podcast on the go you can find us at nest republic on twitter for me i'm at n-j-e-n-s-e-n underscore 1995 nolan jensen and uh as always man it's a pleasure always love hopping on and doing these with you always a pleasure nolan and big thanks everybody for listening and hopefully this is the only nets loss we talk about all season long but uh, (laughs) that has a nice ring to it (laughs) but uh you can catch us on all streaming platforms
sir. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.